Welcome to the Pinocchio Project. I'm Mitch Friedman, and in my life and experience as a husband, a father, a church planter, and a university professor, I've discovered that everyday ideas about human flourishing have significant consequences. Here at the Pinocchio Project, our mission is to examine these everyday ideas and determine if they actually deliver on their promises. Hello to all from beautiful Lago Vista, Texas, here on the north shore of Lake Travis. Uh, this is Mitch Friedman with the Pinocchio Project, accompanied by my most excellent sound engineer, Jeff Olson. He's waving at you right now, so feel like you're welcomed in. Uh, today we're going to talk about a worldview. Uh, we are going to get a little bit uh, technical in the sense that we want to we want to understand what it means to in the in the vein of the Pinocchio Project. We want to understand what it means to develop a grid by which we can evaluate ideas for their sincerity, their truth, uh, or their falsehood. And so as we begin today, this will be the first of maybe seven or eight consecutive installments that have to do with a defining worldview, uh, understanding that everyone holds one, everyone has a worldview, and then we'll begin to build the framework of the questions that a worldview must ask and answer. Uh, so today it's all about worldview in the sense of definition. And uh, two observations as we begin. We talked about it last time in our, in our previous podcast on the Pinocchio Project. Uh, the, the first observation is uh, we have to, if we are Christ followers, if you believe that Jesus is your Savior, uh, that he died for you, he rose from the dead, uh, to secure your resurrection, and now you're still here uh, on this earth, you have to understand, embrace, and be excited about the fact that it's a great time to be alive. Uh, we looked at the book of Acts uh, in chapter 17, and Paul was talking to all the smart guys up on the mountaintop, and he was telling them about uh, this real God uh, in contradiction to this false set of gods, these bad ideas that the Athenians were worshiping. Uh, he was talking about our creator God. He was talking about the theistic God. He was talking about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he said of this God, from one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And here's the placement, our placement. And he, God, marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. So it's a great time to be alive because God has placed us in our appointed times. That's the Kairos in history and the boundaries of their lands. Jeff and I are in Lago Vista, Texas, and we have to default to the fact that it's a great time to be alive in 2022 uh, in Lago Vista, Texas, because that's where God has put us. So that's a that's that's an observation. That's a reality that we hold on to, and we understand that we have a role in this place and this time in history. The second observation is uh, one that I hope is helpful, especially to Western Christians who might have grown up with the understanding that uh, I'm a Christian because I asked Jesus into my heart or I asked Jesus into my life. That's actually not biblical. Uh, it's kind of sweet to prepare to say a prayer and maybe move into a religious life. 
Uh, But we actually, from a biblical perspective, we don't invite Jesus into our lives. He invites us into his life. Uh, Luke 9, 23, 24, for example, as Jesus was preparing to make his final trek into Jerusalem, uh, he said this to everybody who was listening. Then he said to them all, Luke 9, 23 and 24, whoever wants to be my, my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. Uh, so what we understand here and in many, many, many other places in the New Testament, both from Jesus and uh, from the apostles writing, is that uh, my responsibility is to follow Jesus in obedience wherever he tells me to go and whatever he tells me to do. I don't compartmentalize my life with Jesus and keep him off in a corner and then access him whenever I need him. Uh, He demands everything from me all the time, and he empowers me to live the life that uh, he has given me. Uh, Romans 6 says of this uh, being invited into the resurrected life, Uh, We were therefore buried with Christ through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live that same life. We too now live a resurrected life. Uh, So these two observations are going to be sort of the groundwork and the foundation of all these conversations is that God has us in the right time and the right place. And Jesus has asked us to live an extraordinary life, uh, his life in us. And now we live in obedience to him in this resurrected life that he's given us. And so now we're going to move on to uh, our all things worldview conversation. And again, this is going to be the first of what will be several, uh, maybe as many as eight to 10 uh, individual units of podcast in order to grasp the framework by which we can vet ideas that come into our radar screen, either outside or inside. Uh, We say ideas have consequences, Uh, good ideas about human flourishing lead to vital, healthy, stable, content, spiritually powerful engagement. Uh, Personally, uh, relationally, in my community life, in my family life, good ideas have benefits and beneficiaries. Bad ideas about human flourishing actually lead to degrading and destruction and despair. And so it's necessary for us to have a solid framework through which we can vet ideas that come at us suggesting that they do offer flourishing. Is it a good idea with benefits or is it a bad idea with victims? And so let's start here and just talk about worldview at its basic sense. Uh, Every worldview is the understanding, the assumptions, the set of ideas regarding human flourishing, what makes life worth living. And it's the grid by which we we see the opportunities to live that flourishing life. And I have a definition here of flourish that might be helpful. Uh, Flourish is a verb. It means to grow or develop in a healthy or vigorous way, especially as the result of a particularly favorable environment. So when we talk about ideas on human flourishing, ideas are suggesting particularly favorable environments uh, for human beings to live their best lives. And there, there's as many ideas out there uh, as there are sand on the seashore about what it means to have a particularly favorable environment uh, 
to to flourish in a healthy or vigorous way. And so just keep that in mind because again, the, the goal of a worldview is is to determine if an idea on human flourishing actually brings human flourishing. And so now I'm going to move to a definition of worldview and we'll We'll repeat this several times. Uh, If you don't remember anything else as we move here through these conversations, remember this. A worldview is a set of lenses, uh, much like eyeglasses. A worldview is a set of lenses through which you see and understand the world. So I have these glasses on all the time. It's not like these reading glasses I have right now that are helping me. These, this is the permanent way that intellectually, emotionally, and even spiritually, I see the world and the ideas that are coming at me so that I can understand the world better. Uh, if I put it another way, I would say that uh, your worldview is a filter through which you answer the foundational questions of life Questions that everyone, everywhere is asking all the time. So that's an important proposition for our conversation. Uh, We propose that every human being, and we would say from a Christian perspective, every human being made in the image of God, every human being asks these foundational questions of life and what makes it worth living. Everyone, everywhere is asking all the time whether or not they realize they're asking them. So there's an active way to form a worldview, and there's a passive way. Uh, there's a way that, that's intentional, and there's a way that's casual. But we would say that we build this filter through which to answer these questions that everyone everywhere is asking all the time. And if you look in the biblical text, you can see that people in, in the ancient of times, they were asking these questions. Every one of them, our worldview and their answers form our understanding of life and flourishing. But if you take nothing else away from this uh, common definition that we'll be using, remember that a worldview is a set of lenses through which you see and understand the world, how you answer the, the foundational questions of life. So as I mentioned briefly, your worldview will be built. Uh, Whether you know it or like it or not, whether you do it intentionally or unintentionally, your worldview will be built. You have those glasses on right now. You're actually listening to me through that set of lenses and through the filter uh, that is guiding how you ask and answer these questions. So there's, there's, there's a proactive way, there's an active way that I build a worldview, and that is that I form my set of answers consciously and continually subject them to scrutiny and adjustment. I think it was uh, either Emerson or Thoreau who said, the unexamined life is not worth living. Actively building your worldview will automatically improve the way you answer important questions and you continually leave them open to scrutiny and adjustment. You examine them. So that's the active way you build your worldview or the passive way that your worldview will be built. And that is that my set of important foundational answers come from somewhere and may be adjusted without scrutiny. Uh, And if I could just make a couple of observations from uh, our contemporary day, uh, most people have their worldview built uh, for them passively. And what I mean is 
the loudest voice on social media, uh, the, the, the biggest themes or agendas that come through uh, in narrative story, whether it's uh, movies or television or the agenda that comes from news reporting, uh, without, without a solid, active worldview, uh, those messages and those themes and those propositions and those ideas that are coming at you full speed with certainty about uh, moral responsibility and human flourishing, if, if you're not prepared to actively examine those ideas, uh, just know that you have a passive worldview. And I would offer that the outcome of a passively built worldview uh, is unstable. It's chaotic. Uh, the outcome is actually an unstable, chaotic worldview, W-H-I-R-L-E-D view, not a W-O-R-L-D view, a worldview. Did you catch the H in there? I, I remember as a kid, uh, I have a bit of a photographic memory. And so I see, I see things uh, clearly that I, that I saw when I was very young. I remember uh, looking at a bumper sticker that said, uh, visualize world peas. Uh, and that's the same word that I built into this definition for worldview. So a passive worldview is unstable and chaotic, and it's just a mixture of all kinds of things that may or may not be consistent. An active worldview is consistent. It's built consciously, and it continually subjects itself to scrutiny and adjustment based on new information and an understanding of how ideas lead to flourishing or not. So just know that you have a worldview. Either it's actively built or passively built. I know I've spent a lot of time here, uh, but I think it's important that we understand that everyone owns a worldview. All right. So what I want to do now is I want to talk about briefly the framework for the next pod, and that is that we will discuss the four foundational questions that every worldview asks and answer and answers. I, I want I want to I want to reinforce the fact that our proposition is that every human being, uh, because we have now an elevated status, uh, we we think philosophically. Uh, we think in existential questions. We want to know why we're here. We want to know and understand what the problems are in the world. We want to know and understand what can be done to fix those problems. And we want to, we want to know where this thing is going. Is there an ending? Is there a completion? Or is it just circular? We want to know, do I have a purpose and a, and a responsibility uh, to the people in my life in order to make life something that is more and more flourishing, that actually leads to the maximization of human potential. Uh, so our next installment is going to ask, uh, what are the four questions that every worldview is built upon? So until then, Mitch Friedman, Jeff Olson signing off for the Pinocchio Project. Thanks so much for listening. If this podcast has value for you, we have new episodes dropping each Monday and Friday. Please follow or subscribe, share, and give us a five-star review. And if you have an everyday idea you would like to submit for us to examine, just hit the links in the show notes below. And remember, ideas have consequences.